host of this show, Max Naist, lived in addiction for years and made lots of destructive choices, which resulted in losing friends, family, and his career. After being in jail for the fourth time, he knew he needed to make some big changes. Now, sober for 17 years, he shares the steps he took, which led to recovery and got his life back. Welcome to Fearless Happiness. 19.7 million American adults have battled a substance use disorder. 38% of adults have battled an illicit drug use disorder. But no matter what the struggle, no matter the challenge, you can overcome anything and become successful. Max and his guests share experience, strength, hope, and faith. If it's PTSD or military-related, trauma, physical, verbal, sexual addiction, alcoholism, you can accomplish your dreams. And with this show, we help others be fearless in their pursuit of happiness. This is Fearless Happiness, and this is Max Naist. Welcome to the Fearless Happiness Podcast. Today, we have Justin. Well, see, now here, you got me confused, brother. So, there's, you know, you can laugh at me or want. So, like, I know him as Justin Mark on his Facebook or Justin Weeder. Yeah, so Justin is fine. Uh, I was testing. I was considering getting rid of the last name because, long story, it's not really my last name. It is legally, but it's not really. Like, I'm not from that family, in other words. Long story. Um, so, I was considering getting rid of the name, but I've... I've actually changed my mind, so I'm going to keep it. So Justin Mark Weeder, but you can just call me Justin. That's totally fine. Uh, so I am a sales trainer and a sales coach. So I help entrepreneurs, coaches, consultants, and small business owners basically perfect their sales process so they can start closing every other sales call. You know, we met through our mutual network that we belong to, which is full of superstars, and, and you're one of them the reviews I've seen from other members that have talked about you. So I said, I got to get Justin on here. And then when I read your profile and he said, you know, psychology nerd, I was like, this dude is my bro, you know, cause I'm <laughs> a fellow psychology nerd. That's what I got my degree in. And uh, so, you know, everybody's got their path to what they do. Right. You know, I, like you said, like when we were little, like, what am I going to be when I grow up? Right. Yeah. You know, in my case, it didn't, uh, being an addict wasn't in my uh, rep, you know, in, in my description, but it happened. But it's some of those things that happened because of it that have led me to be part of this group we call Apex and, and meet guys like you. So what led you to, to become like a, a sales coach to coaches and to consultants? Very long story. I'll be quick as I can, so I don't take up just the whole podcast with it. But I'm a dork, dude. Like I'm, I'm growing up, like I got bullied. We were poor. My mom, bless her heart. She wanted me to go to school with the, you know, with the rich kids, so to speak. But that just made it so that like, no matter what, when I was growing up, like, I, I don't know what I want to be. I want to be rich. Right. Yeah, right. And so, yeah. So then I figured out like, okay, what kind of, what kind of people are rich? Well, doctors are rich. So that's what I decided. Like, I want to be a doctor. And my mom loved that, obviously. It turns out though, like I've, I'm not great with blood. <laughs> <laughs> I'm also not a great student. I have a, I have really bad ADHD and it was undiagnosed. So I graduated high school, with like a 1.9 GPA. There's no way I was going to be a doctor, but another place where you can make doctor money is in sales. And some people had said that to me. I remember I had a conversation with a guy I was working selling TVs and I was like, yeah, man, I got to go back to school. Like, I got to get a degree. And he was like, dude, like, you know how to sell. You don't need a degree. And then I, I, that, I started thinking about that, like, man, maybe he's right. I mean, here he was making a buck 50 a year selling TVs. And then from there, that, that idea just kind of always stuck in my head. And I kind of battled between both pieces. Like, do I go to school? Do I keep selling? What do I do? 
I mean, getting into sales in general was an accident because I was fixing computers at Circuit City. Do you remember Circuit City? Oh, God, you're giving our age away. Yeah, I do. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) I'm fixing computers at Circuit City and the computer department is just slammed, right? So the the manager comes over. I'm like, I'm 17 years old, 18 years old. Manager comes over. He's like, dude, can you sell a computer? I was like, I mean, I can ring them out. What do you mean? And he's like, okay, good. He's like, we're just busy. Just grab somebody, answer their questions and ring them out. I'm like, okay. So I go over there and I start talking to some folks and, you know, they decide on a laptop. I get the laptop and then he comes back to me and he's like, he gives me this clipboard. He's like, all right, dude, here's this clipboard. I need you to ask him if they want everything on this list. He's like, just ask him yes or no. Don't try to pressure him or anything. Just ask him if they want everything on this list. I was like, okay, I can do that. So I go over and I got the list in my hand and I'm like, hey, so do you want a laptop bag? And the guy's like, yeah, I did a laptop bag. He goes and gets a bag. And I'm like, all right, check that. Do you want a mouse? He's like, yeah, I need a mouse. He goes over and gets a mouse. And I start going down the list like, and he's getting everything. He's saying yes to all of it. And we get to the part where it's like, do you want some antivirus software? And he goes, well, antivirus software is like, do I need that? And I'm wearing like the tech shirt, right? I was like, oh yeah, absolutely. I was just working on a guy's computer he got three months ago and it's full of viruses. He goes, okay, yeah, you're the expert, man. Yeah. He's like, in fact, like whatever else you think I need. So I was like, okay. And I just added everything on the list, including like a five-year <laughs> warranty and all that shit. It, I mean, we took an $800 laptop and turned it into a $4,000 sale. Wow. And yeah. And the guy was fine with it. He's here. Here's my credit card. Good to go. For the rest of that day though, I was like king of the castle in Circuit City. I had never sold things before. My name had never been on the sales board before, but now it was like near the top with like warranty and attachment and all the stuff that people care about in that right. little society, right? And people come up to me, give me high fives. And it was like, it was like a rush that I'd never experienced before at 17, 18 years old. Here's where the psychology comes in to combine that with how I felt about myself at the time. I had really low self-worth, right? So yeah. for me, it was like, here's a number and my name. And then people are treating me different because of this number in my name holy shit, I can sell stuff and, and, and put a number on my self-worth. Bad association to make for a salesperson, but that's what got me into it. Right. <laughs> well, it worked out good for you in the beginning, right? Yeah, it worked out great in the beginning. It, totally, right? Until I got into some harder sales jobs and realized like, dude, you actually don't know how to sell. You're just very charismatic. <laughs> right. So you started off, you had a great experience, right? Like, wow, man, I just checked this box off. Guy said yes to everything. Cool. I'm like born to be a salesperson, right? (laughs) Give me an example of when that reality hit and you went, no, I really still got to work on my sales, like how to be a salesperson. Yeah, for sure. I could definitely. So uh, worked at Circuit City. They moved me out to the sales floor, worked in the sales floor for like a year, year and a half, got promoted like to like assistant manager. I was killing it, right? And then... uh, I decided they stopped commission there. Like there was this whole thing where they're like, we're not going to do commission anymore. You guys are making too much money. And so I was like, yeah, you guys can kick rocks. Like, right. Through that, right. <laughs> oh, you know, you get the idea. So I was like, I need a commission sales job. So I went and started selling cars and I got my face kicked in, you know, because it was a short age. It was 2007. So July 4th, 2007, we're cooking up 400 hot dogs because it's July 4th, right? And that's around the same time the economy crashed. We sat around all day long. We might've had three ups all day. And the managers walk over and they're like, yeah, cool. Here's a stack of service. People that have been in for service, start calling these people. I'm like, okay. And I'm calling, I'm just getting blown up, dude. Just like, I feel horrible about myself, right? Right. I basically washed out of the car business and got back into TVs at a different place that paid commission. But that's kind of the first time where it was like, yeah, man, you kind of need some skill in order to do this. Because there were guys on the floor there that no matter what would sell one car a day, no matter what, didn't matter. They'd get three or four ups and they'd sell one every single day. 
And that was not the case for me. It was like, (laughs) that can be stressful on the soul. You know what I mean? And especially like with car salesmen, they get the bad rap anyway from the get go. You know what I mean? So when you're a drug addict and selling drugs, that's a whole different ball game than when you're trying to really do the right thing in life and and sell services or whatever, whether it be coaching or consulting or selling your car. Um, I have that huge fear of rejection. How did you overcome like, because that's a huge thing, right? Because you got to keep going. And I know some people that have told me they started at the first couple and they never went back to it. They gave up. Hmm. Right. So I know in, in, in doing what we do, right. It, it, you can't quit. You got to like you probably refined your sales skills and learned and, and kept learning and figuring out what worked and what didn't work. Give me an example of like when you knew you had to step up your game and, and what you did to do so. Yeah, that's a great question. So, you know, I played the victim until I was like 25, where if I got rejected, dude, I was upset because I'm not used to people telling me no because I'm, I'm persuasive and naturally it's part of my personality. I'm very, I'm charismatic. Right. I thought that was selling. And so because I kind of combined my self-worth with my number, if I was doing well, I was on top of the world. Right. If I wasn't though, it was like, you didn't want to be around me. I was that guy <laughs> on the floor. Right. Like, oh, shit, just bad mood. He hasn't sold a car in a few days, better steer clear of him. Right. Or he hasn't sold a TV in a couple hours, better steer clear. He's really pissed off. <laughs> I was that guy. Okay. Right. Nothing was my fault. When I was 25, I was selling software and I was kind of selling software. I was doing software and support at the time. I had been selling software, but I moved to support. I thought it'd be easier. So I had this guy call in and he's like, hey, can you help me with this? And I told him the answer. I knew the answer. Here's here's how you fix it. Oh, I've already tried that. And I was like, well, if you tried that, it would fix it. And I knew he didn't try it just because of the archetype of the person I was talking to. I knew he didn't try it. So I was like, okay, well, and he argued with me. So I was like, all right, let me just see. Let me see if there's another option. So I put him on hold and I browsed Reddit for five minutes. And then I picked him back. I was like, ah, man, you know what, man? Like, why don't you just try it again? It'll probably work. He tries it. It works. But I had to put him on that hold so he would understand that there's no other option, dude. And you didn't try it before because it's something. Anyway, my manager happened to be watching my screen at that time. And so he fired me because he's like, dude, that's not acceptable. You can't put someone on hold and then browse the internet. He did what he had to do. So then from there, then I went on unemployment. I cashed out my 401k and I moved in with who I didn't know at the time. Well, I moved in with, with with a mentor of mine. A guy who was like four or five years older than me, he's my best friend's cousin. I mean, he taught me everything. Like he taught me how to dress. He taught me how to talk to girls. He taught me how to have confidence in myself, even if I was faking it, you know, he's my guy. And so we got an apartment together and we were like, cool. Like, you know, he, he had a bunch of money from something that had happened. I can't remember exactly. And then I had this where I had my 401k and I was on unemployment. So we were like, dude, like let's play poker for, for a living. And so we're like, cool. So we start doing that. That's going great. You know, we live together playing poker, but something is kind of off. And like, I noticed like, so we moved in to this place in January. We're coming into like May or like June and he's not wearing short sleeve shirts. It's Colorado. And he's keeping the, the temperature in the apartment, like 65 degrees. I'm like, dude, I'm fucking freezing here. Like, can we turn the fucking heat on? You know, he's like, oh yeah, okay. And then, but I would, we, we, he would agree with that. And then he turned it back down. He's always wearing a sweater or a long sleeve shirt. Mm. Looking back, it's very obvious, right? You could probably put together what's happening, right? But it's very, but looking at the time I didn't know him. Plus I looked up to this guy. I basically idolized this guy. He's like who I wanted to be, right? He was, he got me into fitness. I mean, I would have never started working out or knowing anything about exercise or nutrition if it wasn't for, he basically tricked me into it. He bet me on something I don't remember. And he was like, dude, if I win this bet, you have to diet and go to the end. Cause I weighed like 350 pounds. He's like, if, if I win this bet, you have to go to, to, go to the gym. And you have to diet. And I was like, fuck you. I'm going to win this. And then I lost. And so I had to, you know, anyways, in July, around July, I went to Vegas to play in a tournament. 
far left. I was like, Hey dude, here's, here's your own. He borrowed rent money from me. He's like, Hey dude, I can't make rent this month. You know, can, can you make rent for me? I was like, Oh yeah, I'll make rent for you. We loan each other money all the time. I was like, no, no problem, dude. So I was, I was like, here, here's everything for the rent. I'm going to Vegas. I'll be back in three days, four days. When I come back, there's an eviction notice on the door. And I'm like, dude, what the fuck? Like we paid rent. I was pissed. Like, I was like, this is how dumb I was. I was about to go argue with them. Right. Right. Like, this has to be a mistake. We paid rent. So I go inside and I'm like, I'm like, dude, you fucking see this shit. And I go inside and I look to the, cause his room was like right off to the left. I looked to the left and his door is open, which almost never happened. And his rent, his room is like empty. So I go in there and all his shit is gone except for like random odds and ends. And I'm like, what the fuck? I go into his, into his bathroom and that's when I kind of realized, oh shit, I've been living with an addict this whole time. Oof. Yeah. Like there was just, there was needles and spoons and you know, he's a heroin addict. Oh, shit. And yeah. And so I'm like, oh, fuck. I was like, okay, well I'll go pay rent. And I'll go pay all these fucking exorbitant fees and I'll figure this out. Right. Right. So I go to my room to get my, to, and I go to my safe where my poker bankroll is like 10 or 11 grand. My safe's gone. Oh, he took your whole safe. He took my whole, he took every penny I had. Wow. It's really my fault because what are you going to do? The guy's an addict, right? I didn't know that. I should have known that. I should have asked questions. And at the same time too, that money should have been in the bank. But the problem with putting it in the bank was I had, I'd had a repo recently and I was afraid that if I put the money in the bank, that the, that they would get a levy on my bank account and take my money away. Right. Yeah. Right. Yep. So I was like, no, I'm just keeping it in cash. <laughs> right. <laughs> so it's my fault. Right. But anyway, at that point, I'm fucked. I'm like, I've got no money. I've got no job. Like, I can't even go make money because you need money in poker to make money. Right. And I didn't have a really reliable reputation with the rest of my friends to borrow any money for. So I had to be back with my mom. And that sucked because my mom's a hard ass. Right. My mom made me pay her 200 bucks up front first and last month. So I paid her 400 bucks <laughs> and rent. <laughs> like right? my mom would have did. <laughs> dude, she's a hard ass, dude. And, you know, the room I got there at her house was what was available. It was a seven by nine shoebox, probably half the size of the room I'm in now and is what it is, right? I had moved back in with mom and I'm like, okay, at the time I'm like, I hate sales because I'm, I'm still a geek, right? Like I, I didn't understand it, how it worked. And I didn't like being rejected and right. I didn't like being pushy and I didn't like doing the things I had to do to make sales. And so I was just like, you know what? I'm just going to go back to school and like get an accounting degree because I'm good with numbers. That's what I'm going to do with my life. So I started going through that process and I was at the Goodwill. I came across, I was at the Goodwill getting a suit so I could go on a job interview. So I come across the book. I'm just like, what, looking at the book section, you know, whatever it's Goodwill. And there's book gets my attention. It's seller be sold by Grant Cardone. Okay. I don't know what drove me to. I picked it up. I started thumbing through it and, and I'm like, man, two bucks. Like, you know what? Okay. I can get this book for two bucks. Like maybe because right. I was going to go, I was going to go interview at Best Buy. So I was like, you know, if, if you're going to be in sales while you're in college, at least you know what you're doing. Right. Um, you know? And so I was like, okay. So I bought the book and I took it home and I, I read, dude, I read that thing cover to cover like six times. I couldn't put it down. And it completely changed the way I look at not only my life, but at sa it's sales in general, but really it was like, bro, let's track back how you got here. It wasn't Ricky. It wasn't your mom. It wasn't, you know, Matt, your manager at Intuit. It wasn't anybody, but you, dude, you made all these decisions, right? Like the line in there is like, um, life doesn't happen to you. It happens because of you, right? And when I first really started to understand that, I actually, like I had to put the book in the freezer because I was so mad about that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I took that attitude into Best Buy. And then while I was at Best Buy, 
like I crushed it, right? And I got promoted fast. And then I actually jumped again to another job at uh, Pulse TV making commission again. Um, but I made good decisions there, got promoted there. And from there, it was it was an upward trajectory, you know, that the next place I worked out after that, I got into management and, you know, then I helped build some startups. And so th- that, but that book and then living with my mom for six months and, and realizing like, if my mom wouldn't have been here, I'd been homeless. 400 right. bucks or not, I'd been fucked. Um, so really that was, that was that moment for me of, Hey dude, you got to take responsibility for every single thing that happens. Even if, even if you leave work and you, you get rear-ended, you could have left work uh, five minutes earlier. It's not exactly your fault, but it's still you. You still chose that time. Right. The accountability, right. taking, owning your shit. Just owning it. Right. Yep. Fuck. I could have left five minutes earlier and, and maybe and if I would have, this wouldn't have happened, but that's not the case. I made that choice and here we are. Right. It took me a couple of years, but I wouldn't so I really like really got that in there. It's like, it's freedom. Cause you're like, wow, like I don't have to feel so afraid all the time of something happening to me. Cause it's all up to me. And I get that. Right. Cause you know, some people get on that quicker, some people don't. And it took me a while. Like even with what I told you before we started the podcast, right. Yeah. You know, when I realized, you know, like I was arguing with my wife and she's like, no, you can't trust people. You got to own this. You got to take care. And she would like, how can I argue with that? She's right. Right. Yeah. 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 Just because I did everything right. I can't just go, okay, I did my part and you know, they'll take care of me. We know that doesn't happen in real life. Like if I don't stay on top of something, then yeah, of course it is my fault. Like if I don't take care of my recovery, I can't go out and use and then go, well, that wasn't my fault, you know, cause uh, it was my wife's cause she nagged at me. You know what I mean? People yeah, are going to look at me and go like, like, really Max? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so I get it. Right. Like, and that's why like people like yourselves, I think be, that I'm gathering from doing these interviews with people who have overcome like your challenge. Like you said, even though that wasn't you using drugs, you owned it because you could have said like, like, I'm not blaming him. Right. I made some choices and it's my fault. Right. So I'll yeah. learn from it, even though he was a jerk for being an addict and taking my shit. You know, I made some decisions that allowed him to do that. So I get what you're saying. Right. And that's why I'm glad I got you on the show because the common theme I've, I've seen from everybody so far, like yourself, who are successful, that have learned from their mistakes. It's none of them had said, like, you didn't go, well, it was my mom's fault. You know what I mean? Because she's a hard ass or, you know, it was my manager's fault because he, you know, he, he fired me or whatever. You know what I mean? And I'm learning that even, that's what I'm saying. It's never too, you're never too old or you too young to learn, right? Like I'm learning some really good lessons in life. I was telling you one of my mentors coaches passed away, right? Like I got into that mode, like, how dare he? Mm. We were on a roll. We're doing good shit. And then he goes and dies. How dare he do that? You know what I mean? In my head, that's what I went to. I'm like, that's not right. (laughs) And one thing, a lesson I learned from him that has helped me this, especially this past year is one thing he always told me, he goes, Max, perfect doesn't mean done. You know what I mean? Just do it. And Just what I learned, it. like when I, I kept talking about this podcast, like like two years ago, I kept saying, you know, I'm going to do a podcast and I would try to edit myself and I would like, oh, I can't do it. And he goes, why? And I go, because I'm trying to be perfect. And he go, Max, dude, perfect. Look, we're a year from doing your book now and you still don't have your podcast going. And uh, yeah. Like perfect doesn't mean done. So just get it done, you know, and you can perfect it along the way as you, as that's you what they do. Yeah. And that's yeah. what I'm getting from what you're telling me your stories. Like these lessons you learned, you're like, okay, I'm not going to blame so-and-so. I'm just going to learn from it and I'm going to get better as I go. And I guess that's why psychology nerds like get that, right? Because 
I can't, you know, I could be, well, I could blame it on like, well, you know, Hey, Justin, look, man, I'm 53 years old. It's I'm too late to learn this. You would look at me and go like, dude, I don't even want to be on your podcast. (laughs) I quit giving me excuses, but you know, I learn from every guest. I learn something all the time. And, And it's great to hear you share that stuff because, you know, and the group we belong to, right. That's that force of average or, you know, that, that force out there that wants us to be mediocre, right. Or mm-hmm. settle for just average. And I haven't heard that from you once. You know what I mean? It was like, okay, I got a lesson to learn. Let's move on to the next. So, um, you know, I wrote a book called fearless happiness, right. Which yeah. even though it's a, it's a book that talks about a journey from addiction to recovery, it relates to business as well. If you think about it or, or anybody in life, it doesn't just have to be somebody in addiction. It, the lessons in there is like what you just talked about. And I think that we have in common is that we, yeah, we stumbled, we fell, we got up, we brushed ourselves off, we owned it. And then we kept going. Right. Cause that's the key. Yeah. You know, the yeah. key is so, so, um, you know, this has been great so far. So tell you kind of gave us a background of where you've come from. Like, like, where are you at now? Like, I can't tell you exactly the people, but I've seen some of the testimonies about how you help people with their sales and stuff like that. And they have, I've not heard one bad thing yet, except like high fives to Justin, you know, he's taught me so much. Give the audience a little bit about that. Like what got you into being your own boss now? Like, like, I don't want to work for anybody. I'm going to create my own business and this is what it's going to be. Uh, okay, so this is a fun story. So um, I was working in finance. We were doing uh, auto loan refinancing. And this was like, I don't know, five years ago or so. And when I started there, I was on my kick of like, hey, man, if you're going to be in sales, because I got back in sales a couple of years before that. And when I did, I was like, you're going to master this. You're not just going to show up and, and ride your talent and do the up and down roller coaster bullshit. You're going to master it. So I told myself, right? I don't feel like I've mastered it yet, but I was on, I'm on my path, right? Right. And so uh, when I started working at this place, I was like, man, like we're doing something amazing. We're helping people, you know, cause you take someone from 20% to 5%, save them $200 a month. Like you're doing good things for me. And we're like, we're doing, I'm doing we're good, good things for people. So I talked to my boss and had him help me kind of move up in the company. Right. So after a year and a half, I got promoted to director of sales there. And I was like, cloud nine, dude, couldn't be happier. And I'm, I did that for six months. So I got promoted. I was actually at five years ago this month. I did it for six months. At the end of that year, uh, the management ownership decided that they didn't want to pay the managers the same way that they were paying us. Right. Right. And which is their right. It's their company. No hard feelings at all. That's, it's their company. Dude. That's what they felt like they had to do. They had to do that. But I looked at the numbers and I was like, this is a massive pay cut. You guys get that? And they were like, well, not if you hit the goals. And I'm like, oh, I don't know that these goals are possible. But again, not, not my call. It's just a matter of what I'm going to do. Right. And so I tried to negotiate, didn't get very far. Um, they were pretty steadfast in what they wanted to do. So I stepped down from being a manager. I was like, you know what? In that case, like, I'll just get on the phone. And I mean, because I, I had bought a Mercedes, I bought a half million dollar house had all kinds of credit card debt. Like I was living the, the American dream like an idiot before I really knew about money. I'd spent all this time learning about sales, but I'd never taken the time to learn about money. Right. I didn't know what I was doing to myself at that time. Um, so then I was like, you know what? Like, I'll just, be, I'll just be a salesperson. Totally fine. So that's what I did. So I stepped down and I had some people coming up to me after that. They were like, hey, like we were in the middle of like some good growth and I really liked our conversations. You know, can I pay you? to keep coaching me. And I was like, Oh shit, I can make a business out of this. 
you know, I didn't even know about like any of the, and then uh, once I started doing that, then my buddy introduced me to Ryan Stuman and add me to the sales pros group. And I was like, Oh shit, there is a way to make money off doing this. Uh, and so that kind of started my, my, my path. And I mean, I've been through a lot of iterations since then. And it's taken me, I don't know, probably four years of just banging my head against the wall and like not quitting. I've wanted to quit so many times. I've wanted to just be like, dude, what are you doing? Like, right. just work a job, man. Just work a job. Like you, you, you could make 250, 300 K being an uh, enterprise level sales guy and you live a happy life. Right. But when I was selling my, for myself, like I'd much rather see somebody else win than win myself. If that makes sense. No, it does. I know what you mean. You I, I, mean, like, it, I feel like a lot of, I feel like a lot of coaches are that way. Like, like winning is great for me, right? Closing a sale. Oh, cool. I close a sale, but taking someone who's like, I have no idea how to close a sale. And then, Hey, why don't you say this and set it up that way. And they come back to me and go, I closed a sale. Oh my God. Based on the thing you told me that for me gives me goosebumps. That makes me way more excited than right. closing a deal. Right. And so I'm like, that's not going to fulfill me. So that's why I can't give up on this. I have to keep banging my head against the table to figure it out. Um, and then, you know, uh, actually just a couple months ago, I was working at a startup, uh, helping them build their sales team and me and the CEO got into a disagreement and I got fired. <laughs> and so I was like, you know what, this is, this is my time because, you know, that, that shows me that it's, if it, in, in my mind, it's time for me to be my own boss because right. I just, I hate working for somebody else. I hate knowing what the right thing to do is. And then having to convince someone above me that what the right thing to do is when it looks to me like common fucking sense. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I just couldn't do it anymore. I hate it. I hate playing the politics game. I'm not Lord Varys from game of Thrones. Like I, or yeah, I just hate it, dude. It just makes, makes my skin crawl. I want to work in a place where I can go up to somebody and say, Hey, this doesn't work, but this does just do this. And they go, okay, boss. That's what I, that's what I want in my organization. Right. Nice. And you can't, you almost can't get that anywhere because everybody's got egos and titles and politics and all that shit. Right. Oh so, yeah. So, and then beyond that, uh, I can actually make an impact because I can teach people how to sell without being pushy and without being, cause that's what I had to learn. I hated being pushy and aggressive. I can teach people how to sell without being pushy, without being aggressive to where they feel good about themselves at the end of the day. That's winning for me. And that, that that's really what I'm after. That's awesome. So that's a big, you just gave me like, now that's go segue into the question I'm going to ask you, right? Cause that takes a lot of guts to do like become your own boss and which I'm learning, right. And, and creating my own. Um, and you just mentioned all the stuff. Why, right. Politics, egos. Oh my God. Like you just want to scream and go, Oh my God. Right. Yeah. Do the right thing. Don't do the right, argue about the right thing. Yeah. It doesn't matter if it comes from me or comes from you. Just the right thing. The truth, dude. Absolutely right. So, where does how did overcoming that fear or what does fearless mean to you, and how does that show up in your life every day? Because now that you're your own boss, you're going to go through a bunch of stuff. Which I'm learning. I'm like in my infancy, but you're doing it. So tell tell the audience like what fearless looks like for you, dude. So I don't. I don't think you might kill me for this. I don't think fearless is possible. What I think is possible is courage, which is acting in the face of fear. Right. Right. Which is, I'm shit. I'm scared every day. 
I was scared before I got on this podcast. I'm scared and I sit down to messenger. I'm scared before I get on a phone call. Uh, I'm scared when I wake up in the morning and look at my bank account and like, cool, got to go hustle. That's scared every step of the way. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and I used to wait, I used to hope or wait for that fear to not be there. And I kind of realized like the only way for that fear not to be there is for me not to be attached to anything. So like the way that I try to picture that and I can only get there at some points, but when I need the five seconds of courage, it's like, I'm unattached. I just think like, dude, this might sound a little spiritual crazy, but like the way I see it is I'm, I'm just like a light. I'm just a ball of light. Really? Like this body can die, but I break up. Like that's my soul, right? It's my, my ball, my little light. That's the thing that keeps me going. That's who I am. I'm not my body or my results or my business. You know, if I lose my truck or I lose my apartment or I lose all my shit, you know, they can't take my laptop away and they can't take my phone away. Right. So I can still impact people, even if I have to sleep under the fucking underpass. Right. And and I might be uncomfortable, but my light, who I am, my light is not going to be hurt. It can't be hurt. You can't hurt light. Have you ever had, you ever damaged light before? No, because it's light. You know, that's perfect. You know, and like I said, I've, you know, and the guests I've had in the past, everyone has such a great answer. Um, especially like guys like yourself who have worked hard to get to where you're at. You know what I mean? I had that great conversation with Chris, you know, when I asked him, he goes, you know, really, are we going to ever become fearless? He goes, probably not. It's in that journey that we overcome fear. Right. And he goes, that's what it's about. It's not the end result, like standing on a mountain and going, Oh yeah, I'm fearless. Cause then you look over and there's another peak you got to go, which is even <laughs> yeah. higher. Right. He goes, but it's in that process, you know, and, and the things you go through that help you overcome those fears. You know, like I was, I've told guests like my were extreme, like overcoming the fear of heights. Right. I went skydiving twice, once at 13,000 feet and once at 18,000 feet. So after that, like nothing scares me when it comes to heights. Cause you know, and I so feel, I've, yeah, yeah, yeah. 18,000 feet. That's 90 seconds of free fall. 90 seconds gives you a whole lot of time to just look around and go, I'm really high up here, man. This is like <laughs> weird, you know? Um, yeah. And people, I'm, I'm getting shivers just thinking about it. actually. <laughs> <laughs> right. And um, so it's just amazing the answers I get because there is no right or wrong answer. Right. You know, like you said, it's the courage to just keep going to me. I, I'm with you on that one. Right. Like I could easily give up. You could have easily gave up and said, you know, yeah, I'm just going to get my nine to five. I'm going to do whatever and follow the status quo. But then are we going to go look at ourselves in the mirror and go, no, that wasn't too fearless. Like I'm a coward. You know what I mean? And and guys like you and I, I know, and and the women I've interviewed don't want to do that. Right. They want to know they gave their best every day. So when they look in the mirror, they can smile at that person that's looking back at them. So I appreciate that answer. Um, so like I, what I like to ask my guests next before we end this, right. Is, um, happiness, right. In my book, I spell happiness with a Y and, um, I still get, you know, you spelled it wrong, dude. And I go, no, there's a reason I spelled it that way. Um, you know, but it's for you to figure out, but what does happiness mean to you? Like, you know, I get an answer like happiness is like something short, like, you know, I've gotten so many different answers of what happiness, but for you, what does happiness mean? Yeah, that's a really knowing good I, oh, Excuse me, knowing I put that Y there. So, yeah, I know I put the Y there. Um, <laughs> so, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to crush it for you right now. You ready? Yep. So in Jordan Peterson's new book, um, Beyond Order, he, he describes how the happiest humans, 
are the ones who are killing themselves against a worthy goal. Right. So like, you know, and when I heard that, I thought of David Goggins. I'm sure you know David Goggins, right? Oh yeah. I read his book. Yep. Yeah. He just tortures himself. Right. But he has a reason. He has a why, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Right. Absolutely. Uh, and that's what I think happiness is. And, and I, for a long time, dude, I thought happiness came from outside. I thought that if I got a Mercedes, if I got a half a million dollar house, if I filled it with all kinds of tight shit and technology and awesome stuff um, that I had to go into debt to buy and, and all that stuff made me less happy because half of it never worked all the time. Or, you know, like it's tight for 30 days. And then after that, you get used to it. And when I realized that, like, you know, and I, around the time I realized that, I saw a quote from um, Steve Jobs and it said, wealth is just a fact of life that I've become accustomed to. It doesn't mean anything to him. This dude can literally go have any experience on earth at the time, right? Before he died, of course, but any billionaire can go have any experience they want on earth and it doesn't mean anything to them. Right. Cause that's because not happiness to them. That's not happiness to them. Right. And you know, we need something to be striving for. Like people are always like, why did Jeff Bezos have to make so much money? Because that's Jeff Bezos, because he's already made X amount. So for him to be happy, he's got to continue to make more, right? And he's got to continue to crush it in his business because that's how he's being fulfilled. Those are the worthy goals. He, you know, I don't know what his goals are, but they're probably fucking huge, right? And I think that's, that's what humans, you know, that's what we're made for. We're made to chase after these, these goals, you know, probably because when we were cavemen, that's how we survive, right? We're gonna go kill that mammoth, man. It's gonna yeah, take us a week exactly. to put it down and, and get it, right? Um, and then, and they were designed that way because then once, once that mammoth is dead and everybody's fed and clothed for a while, you can't just sit around. You need to go hunt another one. Right. Right. And so that's kind of how I see it is like the hunt and the, the challenge, that's happiness and, and, and improving. And it all has to come from in here outside nothing outside can, can push in and make you happy. It's got to come from in here. Absolutely. You know, I got the, like you said, I got the most amazing wife. I got the most amazing kids, grandkids, all that. But you know, really that can't make me happy. Right. No, it just can't. It's this journey that I call life that with its ups and downs. Right. And for me being like, like we talk about gratitude in our group a lot. Right. And what we're grateful for. Right. And to me, when I got taught, about gratitude, you know, my mentor, my sponsor would say, you know, Max, I hear you say you're grad, you're grateful, but uh, that's an action word. Go show me. You know, at first I'd be going like, what are you talking about? I'm, I'm grateful, dude. I'm sober. Like I'm five days sober again, that good enough. And he would go, no, go show me. <laughs> and then I got it right. And it's the things I do every day. You know, is it going to go perfect? No. But like you've heard Ryan say it and other people in our group, you know, be grateful for the struggle, right? Because that's what keeps us going sometimes, you know, right? Yeah. We might we might get past the struggle and go, yeah, we did it. And then here comes the next one. That's right. <laughs> right. That's right. And it's um, always the people that that get there and then stop. Yeah. That are unhappy. Absolutely. Because they're not trying for the next part of their life or the next phase, the next chapter. Yeah. Uh, you know, because you're going to go through hard times. That right? Suffering. What is it? Suffering is inevitable, but um, our pain is inevitable, but suffering is optional, right? Yeah. Right. So, yeah, I'm willing to go through the pain. I mean, I'm doing this for shoot. September will be 18 years. I'll be clean and sober in September, wow. right? Well, so, like, it has not 
as they say, you've heard in like movies, it's not all been rainbows and sunshine and blah, blah, blah. I've had some really dark times, right? But guys like you and I, we know and that psychology is right. Is we, if we quit, that's when it gets bad. It's when we quit on ourselves. So that's perfect, right? So that's why I put the why. And so far, every one of you have gotten it spot on, right? It's, it's nothing outside of us. Happiness. If you want to feel that joy, you got to, you got to go inward first. Yeah. Yeah. You want that joy, that lasting joy, right? Because happiness and to tell the truth can be fleeting, right? Yeah. I I turned 53. I didn't die. I'm happy. (laughs) If I want that joy, like I come home, I see my wife and, you know, I'm happy with what I'm doing. That's that inner work that we all get to do. And it's all different for all of us. And that's what makes us human. Right. And and that's why I'm grateful to be surrounded by the people that I am, because they all get to share their parts of their journey with me and and realize that, yeah, we're same in a lot of areas, but we're different. What keeps us going and and that's what makes the world go around. So I I really appreciate you taking the time and and, uh, coming on and being a guest because you just nailed it. Um, But um, before we go, let people know how they can get a hold of you. If they want to work with you. Let them know exactly what you do so that if they want to get a hold of you, um, they can. Yeah. Uh, so I just actually launched a new product. It's called the Simple Sales Academy. So uh, if you don't feel like you're a salesperson, that's great because it's super simple to sell. And I'll show you. I'll walk you through it. Uh, and if you want to uh, connect with me, you can find me on Facebook. I'm, I'm Justin Mark on Facebook. Uh, or you can just go to my website. It's thecovertcloser.com. Uh, and you know, you can actually have a call guide on there. One call, close call guide that you can get right there for free. Um, and you know, I'm more than happy to anybody listening to this. If you have questions or like, Hey dude, I'm running into this objection. Or I'm running into this problem with my sales, like hit me up and I'm, I'm, I can usually diagnose it in a couple minutes and say, this is what you need to do. Um, so Max, dude, I really appreciate being on this podcast. Like, just like you said, looking back on the times that I've been through makes this meaningful for me right. To be able to show up for you and, and, and get this great content out to your audience and, and even just be invited to be here is like eternally grateful. Hopefully I showed up and showed you that. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. And and I'll probably have you on again. Um, And here's the thing, you know, and this is, you know, I, um, one thing I've learned, like, I'm stoked that I even get to do this. Right. Cause like, we all have our past, we all have our journeys. And like, if Justin would have said, Hey Max, you know, in, in 18 years, you'd be doing a podcast. You'd be doing a live from your house. Uh, we talk about sales and struggles and how people overcome their fears and how they become happy. I'd be like, Justin, uh, whatever you're doing, you'd need to share it with me because that's some really good stuff. Um, and I'd have a laugh, right? But, you know, everybody's journey is different. And what I love about our group, our network of friends, it doesn't matter our background. Everybody's there to help each other. And, you know, for me, it's an honor and a privilege to have you on my podcast. I really appreciate you taking the time um, and and then telling people about what you do, because, you know, there's a ton of people like myself, like we talked about a little bit before, like, how do I sell? You know, like I never sold, like, you know, the sales I told you about before that ain't going to get me nowhere except, you know, behind the gray bar motel again. So, you know, when people want to <laughs> learn, you know, cause it can be overwhelming for some people like yeah. to like learn something new, especially if they've never done it. And, um, you know, rejection is a part of that process. Sometimes it's just is, you know, how they can overcome it. So 
I hope you uh, people out there in the audience, if you have any questions, reach out to Justin because I've heard nothing, nothing but good things. And now I get to find out for myself, you know, first he gets to come on here and, and be on my show and share some golden nuggets. Uh, and, you know, any last thoughts for the, for the audience, Justin, that you want to leave them with before we, we, we part. Yeah. I'd say if you're, if you're afraid of something, uh, face it head on, like Max was saying, I'm gonna give two last things, face it head on, like Max was saying, like in the safest way you possibly can. And then the second thing is anything that you're really scared of takes five seconds of courage. So count it down in your head, man. I just need five seconds of courage. That's it. You don't have to be courageous forever. You could go back to being scared after it's done, but you just need those five seconds. That's awesome. Well, again, Justin, I appreciate you coming on and doing the show with me today. Awesome, awesome show. So I look forward to uh, doing a show again soon. Likewise, dude. Likewise. All right, my brother. Thank you. And again, much appreciated. All right. I appreciate you, brother. Talk to you later.